Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June the 24th, and our chapter for today is the book of Daniel, chapter 1. Now, for the next seven days, we are going to be in the book of Daniel, one of the greatest of all the books in the section of the Tanakh called the writings. That's right. Daniel was a prophet, but his book is in the book of writings because it has so much history related to Israel past, Israel then, and Israel in the future. The Lord Jesus called him a prophet, and indeed he is. And we're going to study the book in outline form, hitting the high points over the next seven days. We're not going to look at every chapter, but we're going to look at what I believe will be the key chapters on our way to understanding Daniel and on our journey through the Word of God. And so let's set the background for what we will be looking at over the next seven days. First of all, the timeline. Daniel is recording the events that took place during the first, second, and third phase of the Judean exile and captivity. Daniel was taken into captivity in 605 B.C. But let's set the background and the historical context for how Daniel got to Babylon. You see, the greatest empire of the ancient world during the days of the divided kingdom after the death of Solomon was ancient Assyria. Their capital was in modern-day Mosul in northern Iraq. It was called Nineveh in the Bible. And you recall the story how that Nineveh was a wicked city and God sent Jonah the prophet and Jonah preached and had just been in the belly of the great fish and he was just where he needed to be with God and God sent a mighty revival and the scripture says from the king all the way to the lowest person in the kingdom, they repented and God allowed that kingdom then to have a postponement of judgment all the way until the time of Daniel. That's right. Nineveh fell, the Assyrian capital fell in 612 BC, 612 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Nebuchadnezzar, who was the father of Nebuchadnezzar, that's right, Nebuchadnezzar, the book of Daniel, his father was named Nebuchadnezzar, and he was a great warrior. And he came north up the Euphrates River, and he conquered this long-fought enemy of the Assyrians and took their capital in 612. And he took all of the kingdoms around, and it was a great route uh, for the Assyrians. 
Assyrians, but as in many of the ancient kingdoms, they were not totally decimated and wiped out, and so there continued to be pockets of it. They moved their capital from Nineveh, which was destroyed. They went to Haran. Haran was where, you remember, Terah and Abram, that family moved from the capital city of the Uruk people called Ur of the Chaldees near Babylon in the south. They moved to Haran, and there's where Terah, Abram's father, died. And then Abram followed the Lord into Canaan, what was later known as the Promised Land. Now, Haran became the capital of the Syrian people for a time, and uh, then that was routed, and so they moved to Carchemish. Now, Carchemish is in northern Syria, and that was the last stand of the Assyrians. It's interesting because Nebuchadnezzar took over for his father, Nebuchadnezzar, after his death, and he continued to do what his father had done because the goal was to conquer all of the Mediterranean world all the way down to North Africa. The great power of North Africa was Egypt. There was a new pharaoh that came to power named Necho in 609 B.C. Now, in 609 B.C., Necho made his way up through the Via Maris, which is the coast of Israel. And the Via Maris is cut off by the finger mountains of the Samaritan mountains that run out to the sea called the Carmel Mountains, where Mount Carmel is a part, where Elijah fought the prophets of Baal a couple hundred years before this time. And so that mountain cannot be crossed, and so there is a pass called the Arun Pass that comes out in a place called Megiddo. Now, Megiddo is the chariot city that guarded the great Jezreel Valley, and uh, that was the way that you went either east and north into Mesopotamia, or you went due north and west and went into what is a Syrian modern-day Turkey. And so it was a valuable place to have to guard the great trade routes of the way of the sea down to Africa. Whoever controlled that area controlled all of the trade between Asia, which was to the north, and to the south, which was Africa. The land in between was the land of Israel. As a matter of fact, that's what it's called, the Fertile Crescent or the land in between. It was a land bridge. And uh, the Via Maris, the way of the sea, was an important trade route. And so Pharaoh Necho came up, and this is where we read in Second Chronicles about Josiah. That's right, godly King Josiah went out and tried to stop Necho, who was an ally with the Assyrians because they didn't want the Babylonians to get any more land and power than what they had. And Josiah foolishly went out and tried to stop Necho. Necho said, leave me alone, son. Get back up to your capital. I am on a mission from God. God has not ordained that you come and fight against me. And sure enough, God didn't ordain that. And Josiah was killed and brought back to Jerusalem and buried. Pharaoh Necho went on to join himself at the new capital of the Assyrians in Carchemish. And as we would say in East Tennessee, Nebuchadnezzar cleaned his plow. So he made sure that Egypt was in his orbit and would not give him any trouble. So he went down into that 
that land bridge and swung by a southern route that led through Jerusalem, and he took all of the elite and all of the intellect and all of the people that had any money or any uh, training or leadership skills, and with that group in 605, after routing the Assyrians and Pharaoh Necho at the Battle of Carchemish, he took with him Daniel, Azariah, Mishael, Hananiah, the ones we know as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Now, Daniel's name was changed to Belteshazzar. All of these were names given to them when they became part of the captives that were taken from Jerusalem. Now, this was done without a fight. Jerusalem could not go against the power of Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar set up a puppet king, and then he came back in 597, took most of the people with him into exile, and with him this time he took Ezekiel. Jeremiah was still back in uh, Jerusalem. We covered this in the last podcast about Jeremiah 31 in the New Covenant. So now Daniel is in Babylon. When you look at chapter 1, we have a historical note in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. It didn't take him long, and it says, The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which were carried away into the land of Shinar, that is, into the Mesopotamia Valley, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. What a shame. All of the gold and silver and the beautiful articles that were in this beautiful temple of Solomon. While the very nails in the doors of the temple weighed two pounds, according to the Chronicles. And so all of these young men were castrated. They were made eunuchs so they could serve the king, so they wouldn't be distracted with the family. They were castrated, and they were set out to be taught all of the wisdom and all of the worldview of the Babylonians because they were going to serve the king. But verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Now, what Daniel was observing was the laws of Kashrut of kosher. So he didn't just say, we refuse to do it, and knowing that would bring immediate death. But he said, therefore, he requested, that is Daniel, the chief of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. Basically, he said, now, look, we want to cooperate. We're here. We're going to be here. We've already been castrated. We're your servants. So we want to do the best we can, and we want to honor you. But let us do that in a way that really is uh, honoring to you and to us because we want to serve you. Now, verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill with the chief of eunuchs. Now, isn't that amazing? God is able, wherever we are, just like with Daniel, to bring us into favor favor with people, and if he doesn't grant us favor with people, then nothing's going to work out. You see, we can trust God that he is a God of favor, and that's exactly what he did. Why? Because he had a plan for Daniel and his three friends. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. He said, look, the king has said you need to feed these boys this because uh, this is the best that we can do, and we're going to 
make them into servants, and they need to look their best. They need to be healthy, so you make sure they eat right. And so he said, we've got to be careful. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? He said, I don't want you to look bad. See, he was trying to watch out for Daniel, and Daniel was trying to watch out for him. Then he said, you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward from the chief of the eunuchs that he had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah, please test your servants for 10 days. In other words, I'm going to give you a plan for 10 days. Give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. In other words, let us eat kosher as we have been taught to do. Then you can judge our appearance and examine us before and compare us with everyone else and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion that you give to them and see who looks best. And so he consented with them and tested them 10 days. At the end of 10 days, is verse 15, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than the young men who ate the portion of the king's delta. Why? Because they were eating correctly, they were eating right, and God was watching over them. Then the steward took away the portion of delicacies and wine that they were to drink and eat and gave them vegetables. By the way, that was more economical for him. And as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill and all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So you see, God is the one that raises up one and puts down another. God is the one that is in charge of promotions. Now, this ought to tell us something. This ought to tell our children something. We need to teach this to our children, our students, our young people, those who are in college that the main thing we need to do is walk with God. And when we walk with God, God grants us favor with whom he wants to grant us favor. He's the one that opens the doors that no man can shut, shut doors that no man can open. And what we need to do is learn to walk with God and teach our sons and daughters to do that. And God will raise them up. We don't have to try to promote them. All we need to do is teach them to walk with God, and then they'll be wiser than all their teachers. And as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Was that not so? Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them. And listen to this. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Isn't it amazing what God can do? And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers who were in all of his realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. You see, he had favor with Nebuchadnezzar, a heathen. I'm talking about a heathen king. Can God grant us favor with politicians? Can God grant us favor with kings and presidents and vice presidents and dignitaries? Can we have influence in the corridors of power? Well, ever since the beginning of the kingdoms of the earth, God has allowed his people and his prophets to guide those that are in the corridors of power and influence. Why should we think that those who are men and women of God in our day be anything other than a great godly influence to those who walk in the corridors of power? God has not raised us up to be behind four walls. 
cause, but the faith that you and I have, the Spirit of God that lives in our heart, informs us in all of our life, whether we are at school, whether we are at work, whether we are in a factory, whether we are in an academic setting, or whether we're in a political setting. We don't just talk about God when we are inside the church. It is to be the conversation of our lives and the guiding principles of our life in every arena of life, including those that have to do with politics. Now, don't you be afraid to speak in the name of God with biblical values and a biblical worldview to those with whom you come in contact with. We are to be salt and light. We are not to be cowering away with a spirit of timidity. God raised up Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and he has raised up in our day men and women of every Every stripe and color and every part of our nation to be salt and light. Are you salt and light? Dare to be a Daniel in our day. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.